And uh, welcome back to another episode of the Puckish Podcast. And uh, today is a very special segment of uh, Skills Pay Bills because uh, we have our very first guest and a very close friend of mine, actually. Uh, we have Augustine Sia, Financial Services Director. Woo! Hello, <laughs> Mr. Augustine. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for, I mean, uh, for attending this Zoom meeting <laughs> and uh, sharing with us your insight for about an hour today. So, well. yeah, very, 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 ple- ple- it's a pleasure to have you on and <laughs> learn from N- you. Nigel sounds a bit nervous. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like meeting my idol for the first time, you know. Uh, does this like, does this place, like, do we go into like, uh, must, must the language be okay? Yeah, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, because you are only <laughs> representing yourself. Yeah, it's up to how you want to... <laughs> Okay. Present yourself. Okay. Yeah, okay, package okay. podcast is anyhow one, so don't worry. <laughs> okay. So let's yeah. like so I, think, a, I think I think before yeah, yeah before we introduce we before we go into it, right, actually I want to sort of introduce you like sort of to give back background context of, uh, as to who you are and how yeah, we met yeah. you and things like that. So we we <laughs> we met you when, when you were in when we were all in Nian Poly, right? Yeah. yeah. And I remember the first impression that I had of you was what yeah. son Ta Bing. I fucking scared. <laughs> I'm so fucking scared <laughs> of meeting you. So fucking scared to talk to you, cause I I still remember you had the tipped, uh, blonde hair and things like that. So, watching you grow from then till now, right, is really like, I don't know lah. It's the it's a journey that's really <laughs> unexpected. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it, it, I've come a long way. I think everybody has come a long way. We we all face different things. I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think just on that aspect, we can all know that. I think in today's world, like your education is is being pressed very hard upon you. That I mean, everybody in math right? You tell me, out of what one cohort is how many people? Hundred people? Was it? Two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. Like how many people are still in comms? That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're yeah. you lah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So before we understand, right? Augustine Sia, the financial services director. I think it's important <laughs> to understand. Augustine Sia as as a youth growing up, you know he was very very fierce, but also very fiercely loyal. So how do you think, where do you think this stem from, and what, how do you think you 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 know benefited from these lessons? Uh, I think it's either you're book smart or you are forced to become street smart. I don't think you can study people without going through uh, hiccups or spoiling some relationships. So I think I was growing up, I. Oh my my siblings were very considered quite smart, you know. Yeah. I was the black sheep of the family that just didn't want to do much of the studying. Uh hung around the wrong crowd when I went to secondary school, went to neighborhood school. Um normal cat, you know like really the, if you go if you go into the normal cat you you're really being pushed into a lot of uh different cultures. Mm. Where, where where you go into a classroom where it's not met with um, who's going to do better in studies? Mm. Yeah, it is really a clash of cultures that you start learning about the little influences and the, the little uh, adjustments of how people react with each other. And then I went to uh, roam the neighborhoods when I was younger. <laughs> what do you mean by roam <laughs> first? <laughs> what do you mean by roam? Uh, like, yeah. like roaming, I was like roaming the, the, the neighborhoods, uh, exploring, oh. uh, exploring some void decks, doing some silly <laughs> oh. things. Yeah, I mean, we were younger, lah. The typical whatever you can think of whenever I'm whenever I'm saying this. Mm. Uh, it was a rough background. I I used to I had to work when I was I was when I was twelve. Uh, I what was your first to, job? 
selling secrets, legal secrets. Learning about business acumen so early. Yeah, so uh, selling illegal secrets when I was uh, when I was much younger. Um, I do get by. My family at that point in time was a bit uh, rough already. Uh, parents mm. was, were were separated. Uh, times were tough. At the period was the Asian financial crisis, and then everything just went downhill from there. Yeah. Um, my brother was born in in uh in a different aspect. Though. He he was where my dad was uh, actually quite wealthy. The business was quite doing quite well. So I was on the mm. extreme end. So I needed to uh feed my family, take care of myself, put myself through school. So I think when you're down bottom, I think the sad thing was that I had to suffer, like really suffer and go through life as itself. Right. But that 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 taught me a lot of uh who I who I am today. If you like to put it like. Mm. You you always plant your feet on the ground. You you have to. If not, you get lost in this. Especially in today's world, where social media is very 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 prominent, yeah. you can get lost in a lot of uh, uh, supposed fame and fortune. Yeah. So it it's come we come a long way, but I think being dumb in today's standards when I was young uh, got got me to where I am today. So it's a blessing in disguise, I guess. How do you think it's you know we 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 know about the improvements and how it actually helped you along the way? But was there anything that was holding you back initially, even when starting out? Like, were there any, uh, you know, things that people know about you before? Right? Has that ever hindered yeah, you? Definitely. Uh, my temper. <laughs> right. You guys can. My temper. I was a I was a hot headed guy. I think when I was younger, I I really cared about my friends a lot. I really cared about people, uh, and the people close to me. But I just didn't know how to chair, like channel it out. When 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 people always used to uh, provoke my friends, or if I look at my friends do something stupid, or if I see them do something silly, right, I I'll get angry with them because I know that that's not that's not what we're supposed to do, lah. So let's say even if some of my friends are who are dead, uh, still go to gamble every weekend, or they go to the cemeteries every night, yeah. you know, when when they complain half the time that their family is in in trouble, I will literally get angry and I will physically. Uh, Slap them like if I have to to wake them up. <laughs> yeah, but but when I, when I did that, it came from a good place. But when I was like through my teenage years all the way to to even even uh, before army, um, yeah. I just wanted to like like lack of a better phrase, like slap some sense into my friends. Uh. Mm. but mm. I I I I found out that at the end of the day, I'm not the I'm not their father. Uh. So I, I'm in no position to assert myself that much. Yeah, but it was in that worry whereby I always. They know they knew it was coming from a good place, but it was just not delivered properly. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. that's about it. And and I think when my dad fell ill and he he was diagnosed with cancer, and that whole period came, and I fell out with all my friends. I I literally lost everything at that point in time. My family were in shambles. Uh, there's no electricity at home. Uh, my friends were all all at war against me. My dad was yeah, stage four lung cancer. So at that point in time, I, it was just me fending for myself. I just trying to survive every day. Yeah. So at that point in time, I really, yeah, I really didn't bother about any nuances about what people cared about me or what people thought about me at that point. Mm. And and yeah. And, this and was in twenty fourteen, yeah. right? Uh, prior, I think one day before I got enlisted into into NDU, uh, my dad got diagnosed, mm. uh, with cancer, and knowing that the next day you're going to the shittiest hellhole ever, uh, yeah. <laughs> was not very encouraging. Mm. So at that point in time, when I entered. I was worried, lah. You know, you get hammered in the day, and I wanted to sign up with my 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 secondary school best friend then, who was a instructor then, and 
but I'm like laden with a lot of past injuries from from secondary school and and poorly through the sports I play. Uh, so I tried to cover up some injuries, and when I went in, it just came back, and I tried lah, but I couldn't. But I mean, thank God I didn't sign on. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> so it I, wasn't always I, part yeah. of the plan, lah, right? No, it, it was... wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, there was no actually growing up. There was no exact plan. I wanted to be a police officer, ironically. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I everybody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ironically, and then like, uh, okay, I, 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 I try to study, and mass comm was not for me. And I was talking like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't exactly is poly because I found a girlfriend and I, <laughs> I just threw it away. Uh, in my second year and then my third year was just I don't even know what happened in poly lah. Yeah. So <laughs> when I went at army I was like okay lah I mean I'm not gonna come out and do comms I hate comms. Yeah. I mean my English standard and your English standard neither are the same. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at, at that point in time I was quite lost because my I'm peers like like all like both of you guys right I mean blessed enough that your families were able to send you overseas and I was scrambling my way trying to say okay maybe I want to find a home team I want to go and take a loan yeah. uh, to try to join you guys there because I, I was afraid that well if I take a private degree then that's it uh, that was a great fear if I take a private degree here I'll just slog my ass off mm-hmm. uh, and I was just very tired at the point in time uh, having to look out left and right like how do I pay bills to take a loan to get more bills to I started thinking if I would take more loans for my education to study, that would not directly increase my pay, but open a door for me. But every day, between the diploma and a private degree, you open the same entry door. Yeah. But how I how I go from there onwards is how much work and quality I can produce, which I know I knew at that fact at the time. I'm not exactly the smartest, yeah, but I can definitely outwork a lot of people. Yeah, I, I just had a. I have an obsessive state of wanting to do something. If I want to do something, I have to get it done. Mm. If not, I won't do it at all. Mm. Yeah. So, so th- that was unhealthy. Like. I mean, my second year, my first and second year of my career, I worked to a point where I was doing my part-time degree. I worked to a point where in my second year, I went to hospital six times from pure exhaustion because I needed to get my degree done and I needed to get my, my debt bills paid and I needed to get uh, my career started off. So yeah, whenever What, what I kind of work were you doing then? Uh, this uh, I was in insurance really by then. Okay. I was uh, doing financial consulting, but just before entering, I was in uh, uh, marketing, PR. Okay. Uh, helping help. I'm mean, just in between branding and stuff like picking up events. Um, that was like a seven day a week, sort of of pay. And right. what really struck me was like I was I was doing well. I mean, as a diploma student, I was I was earning about three three ish. And my boss, I, when I pressed my boss to help me open up, like and the that point in time, GoPro just launched, right? So yep. mm. I was, I, I like to do, like take some things and I say, okay, you know what? Let me, let me shoot some videos for some of the events just for fun. Yeah. And I edit it. And then he, he gave me the budget to hire social media and stuff like that. Then my dad fell ill. So at that point in time, uh, uh, no, my dad by then was ill. It just got worse. Like we just realized that his insurance didn't stand. So we mm. were in a lot of debt, like close to 300,000. Mm. Um, what the then, fuck? Yeah, like at a point in time, right after, right after NS twenty three, coming out, earning about two plus three thousand, having to pay about three k a month because his insurance was not in place properly because of right. negligence from another agent. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, what three hundred thousand? That's like HDB even before I yeah, started working. Yeah, that's right. And then I have to pay for that, and that's about three thousand a month. And then 
having to take my part-time degree, which I thought that foolishly at that point in time, if I take a degree, it would change my life, but no, it didn't. After graduation, I mm. took two years to go and collect my cert. Like, to now, to this day, <laughs> all of us sitting here, your, your degree really helped you? Uh, I, I, maybe yeah. 30%. Yeah. 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 With like structure, maybe. But that's all. Uh, then, mm. So it sounds yeah. like, actually, right, you were sort of pushed into this insur- insurance or you stumbled upon this uh, I, I was of... paying I was paying my life away like. I was earning yeah. I was doing about 2 plus after CPF and then I had to do odd jobs on the weekends I had to paint houses shift cargo right. uh, shift furniture um, I don't even know what I was doing I was just, anything I could do any job opportunity that people asked me to do I would do mm. um, just to get by so my after hours pay was for my own self and my nine to five pay was for my dad's bills and the family. Oh. So I was working close to eighteen hours a day with no end inside. Means the bill and the interest accumulated and then I like I started calculating I could only pay three thousand a month, right? That's mm-hmm. thirty six thousand a year for at least ten years before I can clear this this yep. debt. Then by ten years time shouldn't I have uh at twenty three, thirty three I should be settled down and then buy another HDB at three, four hundred thousand. My life is like the poverty cycle looking at myself, you know. Your mm. parents' debt goes to your debt plus your own accumulated debt and then what happens mm. if I if I pass it down to my kids? So I got a bit frustrated and I and I found my friend who failed his A levels like the stereotypical insurance agent. Failed A levels, cannot do anything. Fuck you can just go and sell insurance. Right? Mm. But I went to him. The problem is I went to him and asked him, hey, I, I need to start some savings. If not, I will. I always had the trouble to say no to people. So when I was doing well, I I probably like lend like fifty, hundred thousand to to my peers. What and in the first few the, years? Yeah, you know, it like when people ask me for help, I have a I have trouble to say no now. Yeah, and now now not so now definitely not like, I will I will I will definitely make a stand. But at that point in time, I was earning, I was dishing out, earning, dishing out. Um, so from that point onwards, I was just. I was just tired. So I saw my friend bought, uh, buy his first car and within four months, four to six months of working oh. insurance. And I was like, oh bro, what what the hell? I, mm. You can sell insurance, sell like that, man. Mm. I mean, nobody typically grows up having a dream of to be a financial consultant. Or, yeah. And actually, financial consultant is a very fluff word. Like, I'm just an insurance agent. There's no there's no way to say about it. There's no way to squirm away. The, the more you want to carry yourself as a, a business development executive, no, you're just doing marketing admin. Full mm. stop. Like mm. we 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 are brought up in a world where titles are just titles. Or fluff. Yeah. A lot of fluff. Yeah. Yeah. So then what what are the skill sets required, do you think? I mean if you say that it's all fluff, right? But it's not an easy job, but I mean you you yourself work eighteen hours a day first two years. So what, what actually makes a good FC? I I think firstly you, you must be able to be very honest with your clients. Uh, I think the people that, that buy from me know that I'm very direct. But that's not for everybody. Like, when somebody is doing something stupid uh, with their money and calculate and I tell them, you know, you need to kick this habit, you need to tell this, right? And then they start comparing me with somebody say, hey, you know, my friend also, he said that if I buy, he he gets some, some, some bloody voucher. I'm saying, <laughs> if somebody has to give up his bread and butter just to get a case, tell me how long he will he last yeah. in, the, in the thing. I say, it, you, before all these things, I will take care of my client first. I will definitely take care of my client, like how I take care of my friends, if you know me. Like. Yep. But if you cannot understand the planning in which I am doing for you, or understand that you need to plan your money, 
then don't call me. But if something else goes down the road and something screws up, right? Don't call me. Because I can't do anything for you then. Mm. Yeah. And I'm that direct with my clients to tell them off. You know? But that was, that was you see, this is a muted part of me as compared to when I was younger in, in, in poly. <laughs> you can see the, the, the yeah, difference yeah. where it's just like, it's just tapered down, less, less abrasive, but straight to the point. Do you think means you're more focused also? Yeah. I, I, you have you have to take care of, of your client first. If, uh, my general rule is that if, if you cannot understand the person across you, whether mm. be it your best friend or etc., right? Yeah. The thing about my job is that it will explore the way you look at money, life and etc. that you will never have those conversations with your friends. Mm. Right? And then you start... This job actually... You know, everybody says, you know, you come to this job, right? And you lose more friends. I've gained more friends than... I ever had when I started, which was close to zero. Mm. You see? I mean, having this conversation, even with YJ, we, yeah. we didn't used to talk that much more at that point mm. in time. But right now, yeah. you know, as we all grew up and then things, if, if I didn't work my way out of my past, this wouldn't happen. You mm. see? So, right. you must have the grit, I think. You must be honest. And I think, downright, you need to have a good heart for the people around you. I mean, yeah. you can really tell whether that person has uh, good intentions or not. Yeah. Has, has this ever like has this ever burned any bridges right so far that that is the to the point of no return? Like, has there ever been to to that to my that job? Yeah, or me? Um, just being you know, you say you're, that you are very direct, very f- you know, um, to the point, and then has this ever you know resulted in very you know relationships being broken and things like that, or what kind that, of that, Difficulties. Definitely, definitely. It, it has not been broken, but it's just. I think even with your mom or your family, yeah. you know, sometimes you say things that, to you, you might have perceived it that way, but blinded with emotions when you say it out, and and upon taking it in by the other person, he or she was not ready. Mm. Um, mm. we studied mass communication lah, but a lot of people don't know how to communicate in that in that. <laughs> even sense. after studying mass communication. Yeah. So so. I, I learned it the hard way. La. Obviously, me being blunt with some people. Uh, like, like I tell you, I lost a lot of friends when I yeah. when I didn't know how to challenge, uh, like channel it properly. Mm. I mean, if my friends were dead, gambling their money away, borrowing money yeah. from the rest of the world, and I tell them, yeah. you know, wake the fuck up. La. And then you're complaining that nobody wants to get together with you or you can't find a girlfriend because you're in a shit hole. You, you are the yeah. mess you create. La, you say, but you see, when I tell that to people, right? Nobody is going to take it. I now realize that the people that do that, right, are actually asking for attention and concern more mm. than doing anything. The empathy part of why they are doing this instead of the surface, right, taught me that, you know, you must always give people the benefit of doubt first. Mm. And really try to understand where they are and what they are really saying. Yep. Mm. Then I start understanding through communications. I'm married now. So, you know, you ask your girlfriend or your wife for me my ask, are you okay? She's definitely going to say okay. You tell me which girlfriend is going to tell you straight away. Yeah, this is right your compo. No. So you ask them, are you okay? Then you ask them again, are you okay? They say, yeah, I'm okay. It's only about the third or fourth time. Uh, do they really blast at you? you know? But the first two times, they say, yeah, I'm okay, okay. But you know something is wrong. Mm. And this doesn't go with your wife as well. It goes with anybody. Even your friends. You ask, are you okay? Do they definitely? Because before you ask somebody whether they're okay or not, you have already thought about it a few times. Yeah, but the person receiving the question is just receiving it the first time, and the first time you ask is like, "Yeah, I'm okay." Like, what's it about? 
So that's that's I mean lost in translation line that in that in that sense. So this job really taught me a lot about that. Mm. Uh, and and it helped actually it humbled me a lot. In what sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah, in what way? Uh because I was in the most stigmatized job, I needed <laughs> to showcase my intentions more than the way I'm being perceived. Do, do you get okay. it? I mean yep. yeah. So okay. that forced in the in the worst environment of full of judgment, that means judgment at full extreme, right? Mm. You you can't fight that. You just gotta be something, you see. And 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 I mean, when I started the first time, I tell people I'm an insurance agent, right? Even to this day, sometimes uh, when I introduce, what am I doing, right? <laughs> There's a a tinge at the back of my mouth that I, do you really want to know? <laughs> like, mm. will you see me differently after that? Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's only after I, I I start talking to people and they get to know me and then I start doing it lah. So okay. but most of the time, it's a bit tough. Mm. I, I agree, it's still a bit tough and that's that's why I think I started an agency and an organization because I want to change that. I want okay. I want to change how people look at uh entrance, and mm. how it's done by service first. Mm. And me coming in, I'm I'm just in this for like six years. Uh, for for me and the team, I think largely the team to to trust me, to push forward in in a different way, uh, to get us where we are and being prominent in the whole industry, um. And I I'm just like that. Okay, this is like that that face. Oh. But really, at the end of the day, we just got started. It's, it's been a year. But I just mm. want people to start looking at us like a profession. In my time, if people can start looking at insurance agents like a profession, like a teacher or an engineer or accountant, I'm not talking about lawyers and prof- like professors, like, no. Just getting respected. Uh, I want to do that first. Okay. Yeah. I think before we also go into more detail about like the stigma of being an insurance agent or financial consultant, maybe you could just explain quickly for our listeners what does a financial consultant or insurance agent actually do? And what are the steps to becoming one? Okay. Uh, so just to, to, to answer the first question, whereby, mm. um, what, what do we usually really do, right? Yeah. First, yeah. First question. The second question is what does it take? And what must I do to get past? Okay. The yeah. first question, um, I would definitely, okay. I, I do my appointments or if I do my client servicing in, in three appointments, two to three appointments. My first appointment is just pure 45 minutes, sitting down with you, asking questions, asking who you, what you really worry about, who mm. about in the family are you really worried about. If uh, I will start playing with extreme thoughts whereby if you're around and you're not around. So if I were to paint a picture like both of you guys, if today, I mean, I mean Nigel, you, you will know. If today mm. you, you're not feeling well, right? And then you go to, to the doctor and then they send you to the hospital and then your doctor tells you something that you do not want to hear and it's, hey, you got cancer. What is the first thought that you will think about when you go home? If you think about your family and what will happen without them and then you start thinking about the practical things. Yeah. And I've met many people who are critically ill or diagnosed since I entered this job, right? Yep. But the first thing they think about, right, is not whether they can be they they can be like treated. Mm. The the first thing is fuck. Yeah. Whatever plans I have is 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 just gone to dusk so who can I take care of now and how much can I do it mm. 
uh, that's basically my job, giving you the extremes, planning for it, budgeting for it, making sure that you're not spending more than you need to. And mm. if I cannot understand you, if I, if I speak to you and I feel that you're holding back some information because you're uncomfortable with me as a person, mm. then I'll tell my client in the first one, don't work with me because you're not comfortable with me yet. Maybe mm. let me try for the second appointment to, to see whether you're more comfortable because if I'm going to take care of you and your life for the rest of your life and service you, and you can't tell me how much you've budgeted for your family. Or you can't tell me that you got a second family. Or you can't tell me that you have another 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 family at the side, another husband, <laughs> or another boyfriend. No. It, it goes to that, that, that context, you see. Mm. A lot of people don't see this kind of things. But when I yeah. when I plan for some families, right, they ask me, okay, if I, if I actually have a child here, mm. what do I do? Mm. How can they not find out? It goes into a lot of handling, a lot of... Uh, emotional baggage from the family now. and you realize that through this job right when you ask you see if I ask anybody you, you've spoken to friends before that as a couple you know they're they are certain they behave a certain way but when you meet the guy or the girl individually right they will have complaints about each other mm, yeah. how do you plan money as a unit a family unit for them and their child while juggling this mm. It is not as easy as this policy is good for you, three hundred dollars buy it. Yeah. Yes. It has been stigmatized because over the past ten years there was an onslaught of uh mishandled money, uh people who missell on the roads or etc. Which is being regulated very heavily by the by the, the government now. Okay. Yeah. So uh I'm I'm personally glad for it. Yeah, on the second one, on okay, sorry, sorry, go back to the topic. On the second appointment, I will sit down with my client and then I'll say that, okay, this is this is what we have. These are the situations that you're worried about. This is the budget you have. This is the five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan that the amount of liability is going to bring up. And in Singapore, you, you have two main liabilities. La. Mm. Housing, which is yeah. super extremely heavy, and kids. Everything else is just lifestyle. If you look at this recession now, right, you will know what you need and you don't need. You don't need another pair of sneakers. That's it. Yeah. You get it? So this is bare basics. And how much do I need to budget and what is your preference towards the kind of uh policies that you're picking up? Something with cash value, something that doesn't have cash value. You know, I have to understand what your preference are, uh what is your risk factor, and then I can give you a proper uh, a proposal. Mm. Explain it to you and then you have to understand it first. And only on the second and third time then I I have three general rules for my clients. Number one if if you if you if I don't reply you or call you within three hours, fire me. Find someone else. What the fuck? Okay? If, I mean, I mean, pardon me if I'm, I'm sick flying or I'm sleeping. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah, once yeah. I see your text, give me three hours, I'll definitely reply you. Right. If there's a question they ask me that I do not have information or do not know of, I'll honestly tell you and give me 24 hours and let me find out the information you will need. Right. Mm. Okay? The last one is that if you don't understand this policy as much as you can sell it and you don't feel happy signing on a piece of paper, don't buy it let me work for my commissions. Mm. Because if I sign this policy and you got this policy and if I die tomorrow and you don't remember this policy as much as I do, yeah, you are equally as good as me. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah. So I, I, I focus a lot about a partnership between me and my client. So I think if we go into the second, like the, the gray area of your the second question, uh, like what, what do you need to do, right? You yep. really need to balance a lot of emotions, a lot of technicalities and really being honest with who you are and what value you bring to your client in today's world to be a mm. good financial consultant. 
Right. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think, as you explained, there are a lot of different aspects to the job, like emotional, yeah, mental. There's a lot of nuance. Um, yeah. And you have to approach subjects which people are not normally comfortable even telling their closest family member or friends. Yeah. And to talk to someone else, I think you need, and to talk to like almost a stranger about all these life-changing, yeah. um, life-saving so it, things. It, it's, it's the hard. same thing as right now, right? If In our generation, okay, I'm 30 mm. la, and this year, okay? If you talk about this, right? If I ask you, are you worried about your parents' retirement? And I'm going to ask you one thing. If they fall sick now, how sure are you that they can pay for their bills and retirement without burdening you? But this is a conversation that you will never tell your mom. Mom, if you go to hospital, do I need to pay or you pay? I'm sure you won't say that. That's my job. Mm. Yeah. And that's the tough part of my job. To yeah, talk sure. about the difficult conversations whereby... Some of my, our peers come to me and say, hey, you know what, I, I'm not sure whether my mom has, but when I talk to her, she gets a bit iffy about it, about money. I don't want her to think about, uh, if I ask her about money, because she thinks that I'm scheming about her money. You know, yeah. this kind of thing is very real in today's world. Yeah. And this is my job also. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realise that. Lah. Like, having the difficult conversation, sometimes it's easier to have uh, an actual, you know, sec- third party to do it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. following up from that, so what do you think are the, biggest challenges you have faced um, in this in this career and how do you overcome that? Uh, if you look at I'm still pretty young in the career actually if, mm. I, if I were to want to, but if I were to talk about the first entry you must be able to speak about insurance right and look at the product without blinking two eyes like, like you cannot be nervous talking about insurance mm. that means you must be mature enough to talk about insurance as part of life but if you're very shy, or the word insurance makes you feel very uncomfortable as a person, you are not ready yet, emotionally, or you're not mature enough la, mm. to handle it. So if you find yourself being unable to introduce yourself or being labelled for the first two years as a typical insurance agent, don't join the line no matter whoever tells you how much you can earn, what your lifestyle is, what flashy things you can get. Don't. <laughs> don't ever fall into that trap. Mm. Yeah. Then and also following up, like how did you or how do you see people around you overcome that um, stigma? Do they just wait until they are comfortable with using that word, or do they go through uh, like talk to other people in the industry? Okay, I okay. I, this is my recruiting process, lah. Like whether mm. I have a few friends with me, I have uh, people from social media that I've never met before join me, mm. but I put them through a a three three part interview. Mm. Um, because in any interview, especially for fresh graduates, like we're all trained to how to ace an interview. There are like, articles and YouTube videos right. to how to train. Yeah, but so like the first time you meet somebody, it's just fake. <laughs> it's that YouTube right? version. Yeah, it's the <laughs> oh, I'm proper address and etc. Like okay, we have to get that out of the door. So the first thing I usually ask my 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 candidates or whoever I'm meeting while request, tell me about you. Mm. Tell me. How many times you've failed and what's the biggest failure you've done? I, I go to the negative things. And especially like the same things that you, This world is... is blown up on social media that everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. That's scarier. The, the, the more perfect... The, the amount of perfection a profile can hold, right? Actually holds a lot of... Mm, a lot of worry about this person. Mm. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you start noticing. And it's very so, misleading also. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, I will put them through two... Two projects. I'll write down 
ask them to write down names and numbers of people who they are okay saying hi to. Not to sell insurance, but okay saying hi to. Because mm-hmm. in order to do well, right, people buy you. If three of us started selling insurance, right, some will buy from you, some will buy from Nigel, some will buy from me. Mm-hmm. Just based on us. But the product is the same. So I'll ask them to write down names and numbers of people they are okay saying hi to. Right? If they generally have two to three hundred people, it means that for the past five years, you've generally been a nice person. But right. if you cannot write more than hundred, you've generally been an asshole like me when I was younger. <laughs> I couldn't write more than a hundred. Yeah. You get it? Because I fell out with everybody. Like I just like I don't feel like talking to people. Right? Mm. It's like if I were to ask you to think about let's let's think about body. How far body body is like ten years ago. Ten yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. Do we really remember how we were like in poly? Like if I look at you now, no, right? You you mm. only recognize each other for the past five years and how we've changed, like mm. through social media and 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 etc. Whatever is being shown. Yeah. So in, in the past five years, this is really your nucleus. Right. Mm. And this will hit you when you guys get married and you write your your wedding invitation. Like who <laughs> you really want to invite? Like yeah. There are like people who are damn close to you, but like, ah, fuck this man. Drifted away. Really. Yeah. Mm. So it changes. Every mm. every so when I have that list, I will look at how that person. And every time I ask, when I when I get that list back, I ask, did you stop yourself at any point in time not to write a name because you might be you might have to sell insurance to this person? If they mm. say yes, then I have to ask whether I can coach them out of it. Can I can I tell them to have a different perspective uh, perspective to it? If they are coachable, okay. The second one is the most important. I want you to go and test how the test how the the industry will treat you. So go and call, meet, text, uh, all forms of communication through text, phone, and, and face-to-face, mm-hmm. right? And ask them three questions. What do, Number one, what do they think about the insurance industry? Do they see you in it? If yes, why, okay. no, why? The second question is, do you think I'll be successful? If yes, why, no, why? Third one is, do you think I'll be super successful? Mm. Yes, why, no, why? Right. And if one day I join this industry, will you trust me with your money? Yes, why, no, why? It's the same thing as, you're asking your girlfriend, are you okay? The first answer is usually the biasness yeah. of the industry. Yeah. Mm. And when you ask your friends why I'll be successful, all your friends don't want to offend you. They say, of course, you know, you can, you have heart. But when you reach the last two questions, which is what you really want to hear, whether you'll be super successful, your friends, no matter how well they are, will become very critical about you, which is what you're going to face. The, the bare criticism of this industry. Mm. Then the last one, actually, all you want to ask your friends, hey, brother, I'm joining insurance, but you buy from me, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you say this straight away, everybody's gut will just go up because the stereotype of the industry is bigger than you at yeah. the point in which you join. So you, I'm already sort of teaching them how to get the right objections or the right feelings or, or, or how they want to do. And that's how I do my appointments as well. I take three steps to really uncover what's really bothering you. Mm. Yeah. So... If I can get them to do that and then they can actually maturely see what the differences are, this guy is ready. Yeah. Okay, so it's okay, not yeah. just a hey, you're a top system. I have no I don't I don't have any superstars. I, I, I don't have I have met people, I know people who can sell a pen to you mm. for a million dollars if they have to, like superb mm. salespeople. But these are the people that I don't want. Why then? If somebody can sell something to you, right, with so much conviction without knowing the value of it, right? I would not be able to build a real con- a real relationship with this person because I wouldn't know what's real, right? Mm. Yeah. And I, I think the culture in which I bring in, I, I, I bring in underdogs because that was me in the past. You attract your own kind, you see. 
that's why if you look at my group uh, we are, we are, uh one of my newcomers came to me because he she just told me that we are, we are a bunch of mavericks <laughs> yeah but we are doing extremely well but like you know we're not the typical right yeah, yeah. so and, and that's exciting no we are really the average people yeah and it, and, and it sounds like the way you conduct your interviews also is that it's very it's quite people driven not so much yeah. like sales or product driven like you test that person's character you test how people other people perceive that person which mm. i think is something i've never seen from um, other people in terms of a job selling products yeah but uh, that's that's what i feel that the the industry should have I mean, if mm. I if I somebody was serving me any product, I would want them to know what I'm really looking for, not the one yeah. with the highest commission. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Then how do you how do you actually balance the competitiveness of the industry? You know, starting out, it's always going to be difficult, right? Yep. How do you look after your client while managing the sales expectation, like especially yeah. for your newcomer starting out? Character, like really, it boils down to character. Like you mm. need. It, I mean, there's a saying where you 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 pray for rain, you gotta deal with the mud as well. Yeah. So you need to look for people who are accountable. Yeah. And there are like series of questions where you can ask, and 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 to see whether you're accountable. People might not call me out for a beer because I'm aggressive as a person or intimidating. Mm. But I'm pretty sure when shit hits the fan, I'm the first person people will call. Yeah. And and that's my my role among my friends. Mm. I clean up the shit. But I'm not the first one you call to organize a party. You go, woohoo! No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm the, I'm the guy that comes in to sweep after that. Mm. Yeah. So being self-aware is very very important, I guess. So has there been sort of, I mean, you have been in this industry for six years, right? Has there been this one experience that you had that served a lasting impression that allowed you to keep continuing? I mean, you you talked about character. How 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 did this experience sort of build your character? Uh, I lost my best friend in the in in in, in this job. I I got him long. Uh, he he used to be very very close to me, but his family was like mine. Um, his dad passed away as well. Hmm. Um, so he was staying with his uncle and etc. And then when he when he came, he used to stay with me and and one of my other teammates. Now uh, Edmund yeah. uh, for six months he would stay with me in my place. Six months stay Edmund in space. I literally look at him like my brother. So I got him to join, and he, I mean, in all honesty, uh, he's Malay, and we're going to mm. talk about stereotypes in 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 that sense, right? Right. They are they are being looked upon. It's harder for them to conduct the business, like to be honest. Mm. Right. I, I'm not racist. My best friends are Malay and Indians. I can speak Malay better than my Chinese in, yeah. in that sense. But so when I took him in, I looked at him as a person because I knew that he was he can make people feel very comfortable. And he was my top salesperson for about three months, mm. but his old habits got to him. He went to the CMTU, started gambling, started owing money, and then it just got very, very bad to a point where, you know, loan sharks start calling me. Our peers start calling me and asking, you know, how come, mm. uh, he haven't returned money? And I was like, when I didn't even know that I got, I caught, I got caught, blindsided. Mm. So I think, this has. That was my biggest failure. Where you realize that you there's that much you can do for somebody, and you're not responsible for someone's success, lah. And that really helped me shift my perspective towards how I do things. 
yeah. and not be uh not take it out to my too too hard on myself like if i have do I'll, I'll give whatever i can i can give but uh, i now have a rule of three you know screw up one screw up twice and third time you can just and i think everybody needs to have a consistent strike off point for anybody in their life yeah, and I see this rule of three. You apply, you give it to your clients also. Like they yeah, don't yeah. text, uh, you don't reply in three hours, and you yeah. do that the appointment system in threes. Yeah, I think um, three times is really uh, one too many it's, it's a it's a good number to um reach a certain limit. Yeah, yeah, and mm. and then learning how to let go. I think. Yeah. Right. So I've gained i new good friends. I've lost old best friends. I've I've been poor and I have been blessed and. I've really gone anything and everywhere <laughs> through life like, in these six years. So these six years has been has been zooming by damn quickly. Yeah, man, it sounds like a crazy ride so far. Yeah. So I'm only only recently trying to grasp things. Right. So it's it's, it's uh, I'm 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 blessed now, which I which I'm happy. Before before this, like we talked a lot about um the stigma and a bit of the the bad impression that this industry yeah. has. So maybe you could talk a bit more about that and how did you maybe try and change this perception yeah. um, on this industry? I think when I met people and the people who referred me to their friends or my friends who already knew me, um, how I broke out of it is I really had to lower my ego and I really had to apologize to everybody I knew I have, I've offended. Mm. Whether I was right or wrong, if I have... I, if at that point in time, for me to do well for my family, to, to keep my family around, I needed to decide, was my pride and ego bigger than food on the table? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just bit the bitter pill and I just apologized to anything and everyone. But after going, like, I spent a good one month calling people and meeting people to apologize. Mm. But when I do that, right, I felt relieved. Right. I felt a heavy burden off my shoulders and then I, from then on I, I learned gratitude and, and appreciation to anything that, that comes my way because anything from then when I started this job to now is a blessing from, from where I came. Mm. Um, was it difficult so, making the call? Was it difficult yeah, to... Of course. <laughs> uh, it was def- definitely difficult. It's harder to make that call to apologize to somebody that you screwed over like screwed mm. over and like slammed against the wall probably three months ago to call him <laughs> out, apologize to him and, and no excuses. It's, even though he probably screwed me over yeah. somehow <laughs> and I reacted to it, I just called him and I said, you know what, at the end of the day, I shouldn't have reacted that way and mm. I apologize. But right mm. now, I'm starting a new job and I need you to give me feedback on how I am as a person so that I can change. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, if I am un- if I cannot change I don't deserve to even talk to you about business or work. Mm. So that is my testament to and my my offering that everybody around me knows. Uh, have, getting a sorry from me is very hard in the past. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So mm. from then on, moving forward, right? Like people saw that and saw that I I was in that state where I had nothing to lose and I I, I was trying. I think to do well and to break away from the stigma is first you need to you need to don on that that, that that outfit of that stigma fully. You must okay, own you being You have to like accept that it's there. Accept yeah, it's, like, it's there. like awkward silence, right? Somebody says awkward, it's not <laughs> awkward anymore. 
Right. If I'm going to say, oh, uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm a financial consultant. Like, Fuck you, huh? you're just, I'm an insurance agent. Are you going to buy a policy for me next week? That's, that's it. Like, the yeah. honest truth. And that's how I teach my guys to call their friends as well. I say, hey, Nigel, is Augustine. Uh, yeah. I just joined Prudential. It's a work call. If you want to hang up, you can hang up. Yeah. The mm. next time I call you, it's just for beer. But is it okay for me to talk about work to you? And when you receive it, right, and you know I'm from Prudential, with that honesty, you gain respect and you will probably have a conversation and yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. But if you start going to, hey, Nigel, hey, how are you? Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> hey, one day we just catch coffee. Lah. You were around town, right? I just saw on your Instagram. I'm like, I will go to my new guy. I'll slam down the phone and say, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just in order to break a stigma, you have to endorse it first. Mm. Highlight it even, right? <laughs> yeah. And then just like, yeah, I mean, just, just what you can do about it. Like, if, if you are my friend and you suddenly judge me for the job I do, I... I'm pretty sure I will not invite you for my wedding or neither will you appear right. at my funeral. So, yeah. Like, just, I, this job actually weeds out all your fat weather friends. I think it's also important because, I mean, you you have such a presence on social media also, right? Mm-hmm. Because you 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 are not, yeah, you, like you said, you endorse, you, you acknowledge who you are and all that, right? It's so difficult to to really call your friend and to ask for, for a cup of coffee without even highlighting the elephant in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, moving on from there, right, um, especially with social media, right, how do you deal with it, uh, you know, being... Hate. Displaying, yeah, displaying <laughs> your, your, your milestones on social media and, and you will even inevitably get hit, right? So how yeah. do you take that negative light and just sort of try, try to turn that around? Do it even more. <laughs> if it's not wrong, if it's not wrong, and it's you, it takes time for people to accept what's the truth, you see. Yeah. Mm. But if you react, okay, in all bluntness, one of my mentors were going out when I was doing, when, okay, when I was earning close to my first good, good paycheck, right, I actually mm. told one of my mentors and I said, my friends are talking to me different now because mm. I'm earning a bit more. Mm. And I went to hospital about three times by then, really. And I was afraid of my own success among my peers because my peers were rejecting me. Then I was realizing, are they rejecting me? Or are they rejecting themselves that they are not doing anything about themselves? You see? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I realized that if it comes from a good place and you display it without ill intention, you are in all position. You see, you're in all position. Roger, Nigel and I, we know if I am succeeding, right, I'm not taking anything out of you. Yeah. The world has enough for all of us, you see. Mm. But if for me to do something that's out of the norm, like insurance agent, saying that my insurance agent, telling you to buy an insurance policy on social media, if you are going to unfollow me, then so be it. You know, I'm not here to mm, please right. everybody. And that's why you have a good set of friends. You have another good set of friends. I have another good set of friends. Yeah. Mm. You're not supposed to please everybody. Yeah. And I think if we live our lives not on the, on the fence, you'll realize that you don't even have to deal with hate. Because the fence, if you jump on either side, if you're a hater and you're side of the hater, no matter what this person do, you will hate. You get it? Right. If you're the person doing the things that is causing discomfort to the haters, no matter what you do, even if you hate yourself, they will mm. still hate. Mm. But you know, everybody doesn't see that the fence is the one that separates and protects each other from that. But why people cannot handle hate is because they sit on the fence. Right. And if you sit on the fence and you don't want to draw that line big and thick enough to protect yourself, right? Have you sat on a wall versus you sat on a thin wire? Which one will cut your balls? 
<laughs> you get it or not? If you want to yeah. draw the gray area of like, uh, I don't decide, I don't know whether I'm good enough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to sit in between. It's going to cut you. Mm. So I choose to stand on one side and pick the mm. side. And actually, when the head comes, right, it actually hits the fence. And yeah. the fence are the people sitting on it. So I'm not right. getting any hit, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, there are some, sometimes it gets to me when they target the people around me. Yeah. Definitely. And I get very angry. Mm. You, you can do anything with me, but don't touch the people around me. Full stop. So, how I do is, you, you just have to do it anymore. Is, is, did I put anybody down? No. Yeah. Did I rob anybody of their chance to be successful as well? No. Mm. Or am I doing something that causes you so much discomfort that you're not doing anything about your life? And, I mean, it's a mental perception to it. Lah. If I do not know you, and if the name you hide behind a wall is something that goes by bang me underscore 90 yeah. in a forum, <laughs> mm. then you have no precedence. Lah. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let me, okay, let me paint a picture. Let's say I'm someone who uh, knows of you, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm looking to get a policy, for example. Yep. And then I see your, I look at your Instagram, I look at your, you know, LinkedIn, blah, 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 blah. And then I see, you know, um, you, you're, you're not shy about, about showing, um, you know, your, your, your achievements, which, which is correct. Yeah. But then will that be a hindrance, right, to their perception of, of you to say like, oh, maybe they'll think, oh, maybe, maybe you're just more interested in, in, in getting my money, for example. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the typical kind of perception that people have. How do you deal with that? Yes. Uh, I do buy nice things. Yep. I do work hard. Yep. I do aim for my dreams and I hit them. Mm. But when I do it and I establish it, uh, it's just me telling you that I did that. Mm. The people who are happy for me are super happy for me. The people yep. who are not happy for me uh are probably sitting on their fence because they have not achieved anything. Yeah. And they're just uncomfortable, especially for me. They're super uncomfortable because it is me. <laughs> I was supposed to be a nobody for the rest of my life, you see. Yeah. yeah. And that disturbs a lot of people. It's like your your success like hurt their ego. Hurt yes. their pride. I mean I mean some <laughs> of it but there's some things, you know, sometimes when I post that Okay, to me, it might have been funny. You know, sometimes we yeah. do something that's funny that's not exactly very funny. <laughs> I yeah. apologize. You know, I have no trouble apologizing to people now. That's just a uh, bad sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, if we were to sit down at a pub and we were to joke about that, it would be funny. Yeah. You, you get it? <laughs> but like, on, on social media, when I, when I do, like, I, me and my wife, you know, it's not, it's not perfect. Yeah. yeah. And on social media, I just show my life. It is just that the things that you don't see, uh, what you see is the success, lah. You know, yeah, correct. Uh, me going up on stage, me doing this, this and stuff like that. But it goes around saying, would you want somebody that you're unsure about in the industry to handle your money? Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't, I don't go around telling people. It is just, it is not what you say; it's how you say it. But, I mean, it. When I say it out, it might sound like it's breaking, correct? But if you think about right. it, uh, if I hit an award and I don't tell people about it, how will people know and trust me that their agent, that they encompass, mm. is fit enough to handle them? If today I was just an average agent, right. and you were thinking of a policy, 
What is the first question you ask me? How long will you stay? Will you ask me how long will I stay in this industry now? Yeah. No, it's it's really to a point where I work and I work properly. If there's 27 hours in a day, I'll probably work 27 hours. Right. And everybody can see that. And in the first three years, people doubt, doubt me. Mm. Four years, actually. It's only recently when I started establishing by my own and I, it was a it was a hellhole last year, but we did we did quite well. Mm. Um, you have to earn respect, lor. But mm. I, I, you see, when I buy nice things and I do have nice things, on my social media is my page. Yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to paint a world for you so that you feel comfortable, comfortable in yeah. your sofa yeah. in having an ice cream and gaining seven kgs a day? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there to make you feel lousy or good about yourself. I'm here to say. This is my page. You're not happy, unfollow me. Yeah. I mean, in the end, it's your page, it's your achievements, it's your hard work that goes into those achievements. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, if you, today you were to invest into a company, right? Let's say you invest in a company. Mm. Would you invest in a company that's appeared on newspapers, yeah. advertisements, mm. and being endorsed with somebody? Yeah. Or will you, or will you go and find a company that you know nothing about yeah. you not, can't not even a company man. even a chicken rice shop also like, you <laughs> see ah. a newspaper creeping you also want to go you, you don't want yeah, to go to one without that's, anything yeah that's the same thing but I think what stirs people out in this stigma is it, it's very painful because number one if I were to look at you and I tell you that as an insurance agent I'm earning X amount of money mm. right mm. you'll be oh, mm. then I'll ask you do you want to join me <laughs> then that's how I gain respect. You know, people like to point the finger. Then I ask, hey, if you are angry with me because I'm earning more, just because I work more, and mm. I definitely wake up earlier than people, sleep later than people, just mm. to reach where I am because I enjoy it. The first question is, will you wake up at 6.30 with me every day? Mm. Yeah. If it's well, not, well, yeah. Yeah, you see, will you wake up and do the things that I do? Mm. But if you're not willing, are you happy for me? Are you upset because you are you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that this industry over the years with a lot of this stigma and stuff, at first it got to me, but after a while, I just got numb to it and I realized that when somebody's upset with you, they're probably upset with themselves mm. 80% of the time, but 30% yeah. is really because you're an idiot. But 80% <laughs> of the time, the people are really just upset about themselves. Right. Yeah. So I think everybody would know I'm still the same person. Yeah. No matter what riches I have, at the end of the day, if you ask me out for a beer, I'm still in my singlet, slippers, and etc. Yeah. But when I'm on my work front, I better look like I can handle money. Yeah. yeah. You get it? Know, I'm handling someone's money, someone's estate, someone's legacy to their kids. Yeah. And if I try to keep looking humble, the world is a judgmental world. You've got yeah. to look the part first. Yeah. I, I can dress up very nice, but when I speak to you, you shake my hand, if you realize that I'm an asshole, you wouldn't trust, trust me with your money. So, how I look and what you see on social media is just your degree and diploma in today's world. Mm. Right. Do you yeah. look like you can do the job? Just to allow you to enter, la, to yeah. make that first entry. Correct. Mm. So it's the same thing as if you go to any big in, in interviews now and they you, you send in a resume, they'll do a background screening of you. Do you yeah. think that they will not touch your social media? They will. So if somebody's going to judge you, give them something to judge, you see. Is this why you're on TikTok? I'm, you know, I'm I'm on TikTok it's because I'm on TikTok is number one is because it used to be cringe cringy as some some of it is still cringy yeah. as shit. Yeah. But for a free app, right? And yeah. the editing you can do on it, uh, it's crazy, yeah. It's 
full. Yeah. Things, I mean, in politics, com- you will dream of this only. <laughs> yeah, in politics, you're like, wow, what's that? Cut to. We study three years also to know how to yeah. do that. <laughs> and, uh, and you press the you press the thing you press the the render button. It takes one whole day. Yeah. For yeah, TikTok, yeah. To, of course, the file gets compressed and it's a bit yeah, like, yeah, shitty. Yeah. But for the edits, for you to do it right, and that was me. People who know me when I, before TikTok came out, the things I used to do on my social media. It's like TikTok. As, yeah, it was as stupid as TikTok. So when I do it right, like friends like like you guys see it right, you don't find it like why is she on TikTok? You guys will be like, ah, fuck you. Like, it is the same thing as you look at me and it's like, this is this is me. I'm not hiding yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. And social media really helped me establish my career. Mm. It really did. As much as people say like, oh, you know, he, he shows his achievements. Then yeah. what am I going to do? Frame my... Your degree, your mother also frame up, put on the wall for you, yeah. right? So that people yeah. come in house, oh, your son got a degree. People show your achievements, right? not, why are you going to yeah. achieve them? That's for, true. Right? Yeah, so... But I always... Okay, in my defense, I always show my achievements in full gratitude. Mm-hmm. Without my team, I'm nobody. Without my yeah. clients, without you, if you didn't trust me, yeah. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. But I still credit myself for humbling myself and of course yeah <laughs> saying, about, saying sorry to every every Tom Dick and Harry that I've slapped, slapped across the face yeah yeah so it, it, yeah social media really really got me to where I am and it's still helping me but I've realised that social media is moving so fast do you remember when Facebook started it was the hip thing we used to tag people wow the comment track it goes like 600 yeah, comments <laughs> yeah. but now crazy. Facebook you look at it it's like uh, no one no one really uses yeah. it anymore yeah the, the, the only happy thing is that you know your past memories come out then you share yeah, the like memories are on that's, that's all yeah. then you start looking at it as a business aspect if you look at somebody that you're looking from above 35 onwards yeah. you've got a market in Facebook mm-hmm. yeah print is dead yeah TV is dead in Singapore at least everything is on social media you take a bus something on social media mm-hmm. if you want our client if you want our our base that means our clients uh, that means our age group 25 to 35 is on yeah. Instagram mm-hmm. the younger people are on TikTok so it's so to the future. It's, I, yeah, it's, yeah okay. I'm doing it in the future. I, I'm doing it in the future, not for me, because I will always take care of this generation. Mm. The younger generation, right, I need to be relevant. As much as our 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 seniors, our mentors, sometimes you have it. Uh, this is the way we used to do it. If I'm leading yeah. my agency and I'm leading it and I cannot adapt new, I might be successful for another 10 more years. Then I will die. Mm. So for a 30-year-old top director to be on TikTok with a pen in your mouth and being a mosquito, yeah. anyone can do it. <laughs> like, anyone can do it. Yeah. And when you actually do it and you learn TikTok and you do it, but actually, if you can learn to laugh at yourself, the world is a nicer place. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. you don't have to be perfect all the time. It's so tiring. What, what, what do close friends do? When they are watching the the fuck right, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably that's put yeah, and that's 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 why you're close, and that's why you're real because you're all flawed. We are all flawed. Okay, I think we also want to talk a bit about your agency and how you kind of how you ended up from where you started until managing or even starting an agency. Mm-hmm. So maybe could you just bring us through that journey? Uh okay. Uh, when I started this job, I didn't want to go out management. I I I eventually wanted to, mm. but I found I fell in love with the job, and I fell in love with how fair the job is. 
no how hard okay. you work is how much you get uh, how much you earn and how you get promoted and it doesn't matter about the head count whether there's space for you whether there's budget for you mm. it's really one is to one mm. and i started bringing my friends and saying that this job is perfect and i started bringing it. so my, my 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 previous boss uh, saw that and then he asked me to move up of course with politics aside yeah. and everything yeah. i was i was really slingshot forward into moving into management when I was not ready. But mm-hmm. that taught me that you'll never be ready for anything. Mm. Yeah. Which, that's why I love the movie Yes Man, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. If what? something comes to you with an opportunity to learn, right, you just say yes and do it. If you fuck it up, fuck it up. Just don't give up. Okay? Right. So I got thrown into, I hated it. I really hated it. That was a transition where I had to be more disciplined, I had to be more structured. I cannot crawl around the office floor anymore. I cannot do <laughs> pranks on people anymore. <laughs> I cannot get drunk openly anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to really be a proper boss. Mm. And that was the toughest time in my life because like, I started clearing debt for my family. I started owning my life. I started being happy with myself, mm. mending relationships, building things. And then I got thrown to change. I was forced right. to change because I'm responsible for someone else. So from then on, I started moving. Then I realized that, hey, you know what? I actually I almost quit after the second year. After I cleared my debt, debt right, yeah, I almost mm-hmm. quit because I had no life. I went to hospital six times, got my degree, and I was like, okay, I just want a simple life. Yeah. But the first person I brought in wasn't doing very well. My first agent, Clement, the nicest yeah. guy on earth, and there I was earning a lot of quite quite a healthy sum, five mm-hmm. digits. And he came in from a three to four thousand dollar job, and he was mm-hmm. earning about seven hundred a month, and I felt like pure asshole. You can I did it to the top, and then I just want to leave. And then here I have having my first person I brought in, yeah. girl. So mm. in that transition, I stopped myself and I said, okay, I, I need to get this person on his feet first. Then I leave. Mm. But when he got on his feet and he started uh, like getting on pace, doing a bit better, I found more joy than earning money. Mm. Right. Like trust me, like the things that you guys see that I have or when I buy, and I only buy when I hit the pinnacle of my career. It means yeah. I, I hit like the top of the company or if I, I push myself to a top position, then I, I reward myself. So mm. I only reward myself once a year on my birthday or I hit a, a new pinnacle. Mm. And every time one of my guys do well, I find more satisfaction in that than earning money. Right. Mm. And that's why I'm not exactly the typical insurance agent where you go out and see me, I'm top to toe Gucci. <laughs> or like, it, it, that's the... <laughs> Stereotype. I'm like, a, yeah. it's like H and M, and it doesn't. If it works, it works. If I can wear yeah. slippers, I can. But I'm. I have tattoos, lah. So if I, in the car, I have, and I, if I walk out like that in in flip flops now, I look like I, I wash money, lah. You get it? So there's 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 a lot of things added up. Uh, the world is a judgy world. Is a yeah. Social media can can kill you, lah. It can really kill you. Yeah, For it, sure. it can. Your youth didn't kill you, then social media kill you. Cannot be right. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. But but now it affects my guys now. When people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, affect my if affects my guys to to me. Well, if you stand with me, you're definitely gonna be. You're associated by. You're you're judged by the people you associate. Yeah. So that puts on a very big responsibility on my head. That if I'm leading a group of thirty young people now, mm. uh, I better be very comfortable in my own skin. Mm. If mm. I want them to learn how to be comfortable in their own skin, like the youngest mm. guy that's twenty one, the way she talks, I don't understand. <laughs> like, like I'm, th- I'm not that old, but she can tell me like lol. I mean, like you wanna laugh, laugh. You, you get it, no? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't lol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like what's lol? Like, do you not enjoy the, the 
the habit of laughing. <laughs> so, yeah. but that is how people talk nowadays. And and, yeah. and like when I ask them to post about social media, when they hit a very good award, right? Yeah. They're very shy about it because they they don't want people to talk. Right. Scared to get judged. Uh. Yeah. Then I mean that's where I stand in front. I say if you're not going to talk about yourself, I'm going to be proud of you, and then I'll use my platform to shout. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you deserve the recognition for that. Like, it's not an easy job. If you do well, hey, you you must learn how to be happy for yourself because nobody in this world will clap for you if you don't clap for yourself. Yeah, correct. Yeah, mm, for sure. Mm. I mean, okay. So from successes to to failures, right? We what is your favorite memory of a failure that has always spurred you on? Uh, I was handling. I was introduced to one of my my friend's mother, mm. uh, for a policy, but I lost that case. Um, I I. To me, I felt because like I was I, w- I was presenting a policy that number one the cost was the cheapest, whatever objective she wanted was satisfied, and she wanted something in place for her to pass down money, right? Right. Mm. So I got her the perfect product, and I told her that the other product available in order to do this right is not suitable because of a few reasons, right? But she went to buy from someone else something that. When I explained to her this doesn't work right. She said, mm, "Yeah, no, uh, yeah, but to me, is I just want to buy to know that I've done something for my kid. Whether mm. it happens or not in the future, it doesn't matter. So it taught me that, although it's right, uh, mm. giving good advice does not mean somebody will take it. Are you willing to listen to people? It's like your friend who is fat. Okay, I was mm. fat, so I can I can discriminate. I was mm. I was a fat boy, okay. So <laughs> it's, it's like." If somebody you see him having breathing uh, breathing difficulties, right? Yeah. And you see him eating another burger. Mm. Tell him not to, right? Yeah. Instead of hey, bro, you want another one? <laughs> yeah. But you're only his good friend when you say, "Bro, do you want another one?" Yeah. <laughs> you get it. Right. So so that that failure taught me to really listen to what people want, and sometimes decisions are irrational. And, and and you're in no position to tell people whether whatever the mistakes you're doing right is they they probably have so much backstory that uh and there's so many objectives in their brains that they they're just trying to appease themselves more than yeah. do it logically. Mm. You know? Like why do I want to get a tattoo? Like, really if people with tattoos I already ask why do you want to get a tattoo? Mm. There are ten million reasons. The real reason is I just want to get a tattoo. <laughs> like, like, you get it, but people tend to justify the whole world but it, and then they just want to do it, lah. Yeah, I just want to do it, lah. Yeah. We can do about it. That's why. So I that that little that little part, and I lost. That was quite a sizable case, and that oh, could okay. could have sh- shot me up to the top in my first year. Right. But I I yeah, it didn't make sense. She will eventually lose money, but she just wanted to do that because it was a short term pay. Yeah, you just yeah, you don't have to be right, lah. You just gotta be. Sometimes you gotta be a good friend, but in my job, I've learned that if I give you advice and I know that you're gonna take another advice that is wrong, I'll tell my client, please don't buy from me, buy from someone else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to be accountable for the shit when it happens down the road. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mind losing a case, but I'll definitely gain respect from you, which I know moving forward, I will, I will be able to earn something back. So a bit about the agency also. So how do you actually? Are there any methods that are unique to you that? you have done to manage the people around you because like you mentioned there were a lot of young people um, maybe even some of your friends so it's kind of diff- it's different from a traditional company where you have subordinates I would say mm-hmm. so is there a management style you have that has worked for you? Uh, 
okay, the, the, the fundamental fix of how an insurance company or an agency, a tight agency like me works, right? I'm not their boss. Everybody is considered self-employed. I don't pay you a fee. The company pays you a fee. I don't pay you a fee. I don't earn from directly from your sales. The company pays me a managerial fee based on the productivity of training, etc. Okay. So, so it doesn't fall into the typical nine to five uh, hierarchy of, of things of, you know, of layer of stuff like that, because we don't work on projects together. Your client is your client, my client is my client. No, I, yeah, I that's true. You see, so there's no exact politics. And you cannot in place a stale of hierarchy. But the weird thing is that we are institutionalized in our education system to enter a world like that. Hmm. So my fresh graduates that come in need a structure, but they are being enticed in without that there is no structure. Or you don't do anything you do, you know, you free time, you want to work, work, you know, the whole day, you know, you don't want to come at nine o'clock. Yeah. A lot of other agencies do that. Hmm. But what I do is I put up a basic structure to start your day right. So it's really hmm. like, it, it, like a lot of like how do you handle your millennials? Mm. Like you got to give them what they want without giving them what they want. That's the toughest thing about millennials, right? You got to give mm. them exactly what they think, but then you got to not give it to them. Mm. Yeah. So you have to be very firm. And I think the hardest thing about me being 30, my youngest agent being 21, 22, my average agency is about 25 years old. Okay. And we are, we are, we are the top. Handling a young, young people is, a lot of emotional baggage, eh? mm. yeah. And there's why, a lot why, time, why would you say so? There's a lot of times repairing the past uh, perceptions. I cannot undo what twenty one years of living has done to you, yeah. or the relationships, or the betrayal, or etc. I cannot undo that. Neither can I expect you to jump on board to how I see life, right? And the thing about younger people is they feel that they are priceless, mm. right? But the weird thing about young people is they like to get slapped across the face. <laughs> because nobody has given them tough love. You get, mm-hmm. you, you get, you come in ninth position out of 10, you also get a certificate, you know? Yeah. 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 Like, where am I say, you know, I'm a young person. Let's, let's do so that we know the standards and where we really rank. If you're not number one, nobody remembers you. Like, really, who remembers number two? Who just won the, I don't watch soccer, but who just won the, the, the championship? Liverpool, uh. Liverpool, right? Yeah. Who who's second? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you, no one, no one talks about second. No, no yeah. one, no one gives a shit, right? Mm. But if the opposing party that was playing against Liverpool won, who will remember Liverpool? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the world. Yeah, but of course, being number one is not everything. But you've got mm. to try. If not, why do it anyway? And I think that goes with my my values, life. I really choose a side. Either you be the best or you be the worst. Being mm. in the middle is damn disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm always like, I'm thinking if you're a sponge cake, right? right? If you get trapped in between a sponge cake, below the sponge cake, or the top of the sponge cake, what's the nicest part of the sponge cake? I like the bottom. Yeah, because it's crusty, yeah. right? It's nice, yeah. right? Or yeah. on top, because there's like extra sponge cake. The creamy, the between, topping, yeah. all that. Yeah, in between has the uncooked portions, the big gooey yeah. portions, and it, it rots from the it rots from there. So... Mm. I just don't like to be in the middle because I've always been sandwiched uh, in the middle of my whole life. Mm. I'm not there. No, I couldn't get financial aid because my my the total household income was above average because my brother was sitting with me. He was an NTU yeah. graduate. Yeah. Uh, 
but I couldn't get so I was in limbo all the time so I, I hate being mm. staying in the middle it's either be super poor which I, I was and then from there I started bouncing back up mm. or I'd be on top and that's, that's about it so I think um, we've addressed um, how you got started a bit about your past um, your rise the stigma <laughs> of uh, the stigma of the industry your social media presence um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to be the next Augustine <laughs> don't be me be better <laughs> like, you can never be somebody I, I always realize that you can never be somebody I think uh, Kobe uh, Kobe Bryant yeah, Kobe Bryant yeah. right, uh, said it you know he, he didn't want to be Michael Jordan he wanted to be another Kobe Bryant mm. right yeah and it's nobody can be me because you didn't have my life yeah and really, if you really one day really be able to mimic me and be exactly like if I say a certain word, you talk like me. <laughs> trust me, you'll never be satisfied because you know you're never good enough. Mm, and you have yeah. to try so hard to fill my shoes, which is not. I think if you want to be good in anything, you just got to look at yourself, be self-aware who you are, be okay with your flaws and focus on your strengths. It's cliche enough, but you really got to focus on your strengths because if you cannot focus on your strengths, don't expect your boss, your peers, your wife, your husband to say you're good in this and this is because I this is why I love you. No. Mm. Fuck. You love you. Right, then yeah. the rest of the world will love you. If, if, if you cannot focus... And you see, the hardest thing about me is I am direct and I'm not being invited to the parties because I am not fun. That is mm. my strength, no. That I am okay not being invited to every bloody party just to have chicken wings and home-cooked potluck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I'm okay with it and I love it because I don't like it. <laughs> in the first place, yeah. 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 So why do I want to be somewhere else just to fit in? It's so tiring fitting in. You do you, mm. you do well. Mm. The people trying to fit in and the people like you, you attract you. You see around the people you're comfortable, you're happy, you're yeah. happy. You need to learn how to be happy about yourself. If you're depending on people to be happy for yourself in this industry where you're judged from the top to the bottom, yeah. From the left to the right in different perspectives, different lighting, bad angles, good angles. Actually, anything in life, lah. Even if you're in PR, or in yeah. your, even if you're, yeah. uh, uh, what's that? Charitable organization. Yeah. Charities. How do you earn your money from where? Fundraising, going to people. So how the staff being paid? Through the through the <laughs> donations, donations, right? Yeah. So like, what is real? What? But you gotta know your intention in why you do things. Yeah. Don't allow the world to paint you for them to see. Paint you for them to see you. And I think you can do that, right? No one, you're untouchable. So what's next for you? Any passion projects coming up? Yeah, I want to look for. I, I am trying to build an agency so much so that we have uh, enough access to build an orphanage every year. Uh, <laughs> every year. Every year. <laughs> every year. Every year. Not in Singapore, definitely. Not in Singapore. Somewhere else that you know they have no help. And, and I, I, I've come to realize that if I build or finish there, it'll probably last five years. It can't be maintained because of right. politics. And, and, and But right. if I can do something for five years, why not? You know, mm. I, I earn a very healthy amount and I'm more than blessed. I'm not I'm not exactly money, money driven. It's important. It gives me comfort. Yeah, I, I, I work to a point where I'm happy not thinking about you know, my, my main focus on being... How I consider myself is, is that if I can go to a restaurant, order anything, and not worry about the price tag, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, yeah. that's what I define as success. And yeah. Like, if my mom wants to go to, and she doesn't have to worry about, ah, oh boy, this one's very expensive. 
Right. I just want to enjoy life, you see. So at any point in time, I'm blessed to be able to do that. If I can set up opportunities for younger people, that we can all agree that there are the younger people nowadays will face a harsher life than we did. Hmm. And I want to reach down to the bottom in third world countries to set up an organization or orphanage. Um, why not? You know, hmm. I would have died a more successful man then than earning another couple of million hmm. dollars. You see, so if I can start a, a orphanage every every year, I'll be I'll be very very happy. Inspiring words. Yeah, and I think it was it was a good talk. Like we found out not only about the the industry itself, but also that you don't really need to actually, especially for you, like you don't really need to sell to be um, a good insurance agent. You have to be authentic. Yeah, you have to be true to yourself and also to your clients, which I think mm-hmm. it's um, good advice for for our listeners who actually mm-hmm. want to come into this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any last um, things to say to like? anyone out there or like anything to talk about yeah, about looking the industry to start out. yeah yeah maybe uh, they want I, to start out you need to find a mentor that you're not comfortable with you need to find a group that you're not comfortable with mm. yeah you need to find somebody that you look at a person and you realize that hey i don't mind being pushed by this person if mm. you're looking for somebody that makes you feel safe and comfortable right and then he understands me so well right he can me maybe he can but in a very harsh world you need somebody to tell you the truth all the time for you to accept it as fast as possible so you can move on yeah so my 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 advice to people who start is find somebody that you feel inspired and intimidated at the same time mm. but knows has the best intentions uh, for you when he says harsh things because the good things you tell yourself the 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 comfort your your spouse will give you yeah um, but the truth the truth, nobody really, really tells you that. So you find somebody that you feel uncomfortable with to join, not somebody that is all strawberries and cherries on top. You know? Pancakes. Yeah. So you gotta, <laughs> if you want to start in this career, and and it's it's a it's a good thing because people actually want to come in this career now, and it's mm. changing, mm. which I'm very very happy. So if you want to come in, make sure you don't come in for the money. Ironically, the money will come. If mm. the money here is is great, like I mean, to be honest, mm. it is good. But you must work your ass off. Thank okay. you so much for your time. Yes. And your thanks, wise words thanks for, and insights. Thanks, thanks for having me, my old friends. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's nice to speak again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm very glad that we all, all be able to sit here and, and, and still talk about this and still laugh at some thoughts about what we have, what we do and stuff. We all come a long way and I just want everybody, I think coming a long way and having you guys still sit with me to talk on, on this, I'm, I'm grateful for a friendship like that. Like mm. whether you talk every day or not, there are some people that I was very close to, and when I got bet, when I got more and more successful, they they yeah. start using me actually, uh, mm. to pay for bills. You know, they they call me and just wow. to pay for the bill, and and I'm I'm more than glad to do that. I mean, uh, because they were they were there part of my life. But I think in this recession and this COVID, it's just try to remember about people. And whether you are a good person as well, and if we all can do that, then it'll be good. But but thanks for having me. I think I hope this uh, stirs some things for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I, I'm yeah, sure yeah. it will inspire some people to, if not join um, the insurance agency, but to actually just take action. Yeah. And be themselves, which I think is one of the key takeaways from this: is just be authentic, be real yeah. to yourself and others, and you'll find success, lah. Don't, don't worry too much, I think. At the end of the day, mm. we're all going to be okay. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's what everyone needs to hear now. Yeah. Message of hope. Yeah. <laughs> We're all gonna be okay. Uh. I mean, I mean, I mean, look at this. We, if this recession didn't start, you guys wouldn't start this. Yeah, yeah, that's something, true. Something good is gonna come out of it. That's, that's true. Okay. okay. Yeah, so thanks for having me, guys. We we remind the the listeners to catch us on uh, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other black podcast platforms. And uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming on Skills Pay Bills. <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. Thanks, Roger. Bye-bye.